Hello, 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 podcast listeners. Welcome to another edition of PWC Connections, the podcast. We have uh, things really shaking up in the bucket this time. Joining me is not only my new department teammate, but one of my new co-hosts. Joining us is Alexi Hasapis. How's it going, Alexi? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining me. <laughs> glad, glad to be here. <laughs> and we have a special guest. I know we say all of our guests are special guests, but I like to think this one is a very, very special guest. Coming from the top, we have one of our commissioners that made the time to join us to have some conversation and kind of talk about the value of public power, Mr. Darswell Rogers. How you doing, Mr. Rogers? I'm awesome. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I wanted to kind of start by, of course, welcoming you and, uh, you know, telling everyone you're one of our commissioners. But if you would kind of go into, you know, how long have you been with PwC as a commissioner and uh, about your appointment? Sure. Well, I am in my last few weeks uh, as a commissioner. I was appointed in September of 2013 and have served uh, for eight years, uh, eight very interesting years and have learned a tremendous amount during that time. You know, there are four commissioners. During that time, I have served in each one of the roles. I have been chair twice. I've been vice chair twice, treasurer twice, and secretary twice. So I have covered the entire gambit in terms of the roles. And that tends to be the way we do it. We simply rotate. So you served two terms almost like a president. Yeah, actually, it's exactly <laughs> like a, a president. I've served two four-year terms. Okay. I've always wondered, how does that appointment happen? Talk about, well, before we get to the appointment, if you would share with us your background and, and how you've, you've come to the point you are now. Yeah, sure. Uh, background, grew up in Los Angeles, uh, went to, uh, came east from LA to DC to attend Howard University. And- uh, Go HU. Uh, go, go HU, go HBCUs um, and- I uh, was on the five-year plan because I went from political science to business as a, as a major, uh, studied finance, and was actually recruited to work on Wall Street um, for a bank that's no longer around, uh, but subsequently spent the majority of my time at a company that most of you should be familiar with. It's called J.P. Morgan Chase and Company. Sure. Um, I, I was a financier. I guess that's a fancy way of saying that I lent people money. Uh, corporations money, did all sorts of lending, corporate lending, and then uh, for nine years uh, started inside the bank and ran an insurance brokerage company, which was one of the fastest growing insurance brokers in the United States for a while. So I uh, decided I wanted to transition into so doing something entrepreneurial, uh, coaching and business consulting. And uh, uh, so left JP and, uh, you know, matriculated my way south. Uh, partially because of a good friend of mine that's that's in the community um, and, and came down here to Fayetteville and started doing coaching and of note, um, coming to exactly how did I get to the PwC board, uh, Wade Fowler, who is our current chair, was at that point a member of city council, and Wade had come to me for business advice. And in the midst of me giving him business advice, he said, hey, would you consider applying to be on the PwC board. I think your your in, insights and expertise would be really valuable. And uh, I, I said, well, okay, but I don't want to do anything political. He said, oh, no, there's no politics involved. <laughs> uh, so that should be a, a chuckle for anybody uh, who knows anything about this community. 
Long story short, I was ultimately appointed by city council unanimously to serve on the board in 2013. Wow. Were you prepared for this? Like, did you know exactly what to expect or was it really different than what you expected? Well, from a board point of view, from the activities of a board, it's exactly what I expected. I was very familiar with that. From the point of view of the dynamics that play out between the, between the uh, utility and the board, which, by the way, have changed radically since I, I, I got on, uh, that, was, that took a lot of unnecessary time, uh, but for reasons that both sides felt were very important to them. So if you would share with us what is kind of, what's the role or the, the, the uh, if there's a such thing as a typical day with being a commissioner, what, what are the things that you constantly have to consider? Well, I think that the key thing to understand is that the board has, has three responsibilities. Um, the, uh, and this is any board, not just uh, the PwC board. You have a, a fiduciary responsibility. When you are fiduciary, that means that you are standing in the stead of the, of the, um, of the owner of the company. So I am to operate in the best interest of the owners of that enterprise. And in this case, the city owns the enterprise or the citizens. So as a fiduciary, I have to do things thinking from the point of view is what's, what is in the best interest of, of the, of the citizens. The second one is governance. So there are certain requirements in terms of how a board or an organization should work that, um, it's my responsibility to make sure that they that they work that way. It's, it could be as simple as it says that we should have board meetings X number of times, that they should be conducted in certain ways. Uh, it says that there should be an audit of the financials uh, every year. There should be, there are a number of things that are required that the board has. So from a governance point of view, you need to make sure that that takes place. And then the third thing is we have one employee. And that employee is the chief executive officer. And it's our responsibility to provide that CEO with guidance and our insight and to provide them with regular evaluations of their performance. And, and so in, when within that context, the question of strategy, what's the strategic direction that we want the CEO to take the organization is, is key. So you could say that it's a fourth idea, or you could roll that into the strategic direction. We, in effect, uh, work with the CEO and the senior leadership to define the direction. And obviously we have the hire and fire responsibility for that one individual. And so to be clear, everyone else except the CEO, the only employee that the board has is the CEO. Everybody else works for the CEO. So the first week in October is Public Power Week. And for those who may not know, uh, Fayetteville Public Works Commission is a municipal utility. We, as mentioned, owned by the city of Fayetteville. Uh, Mr. Rogers, in, in your perspective, what, is it, what does it mean for us to be a public power? What does that value mean to you? Yeah, I think that it is singularly the most important um, concept. Um, we can get our power from Duke. We can get our power from a, num from a co-op. We can get our power from a, a number of uh, other other organizations if we chose to. But what we've decided in this uh, community is that we want to own the source of that power. And, and, and when your neighbor is the person who is delivering the value, it's very different. When there is a need in this community, there's not somebody in Charlotte or somebody in New York or somebody in Houston, Texas 
that is saying, wow, you know, there's a hurricane or there's a disaster in, in favor. Wow, that's tough. It's no, uh, we are dealing with this. Our, our, our neighbors are suffering. And by the way, we're suffering along with them. We're, we as, as uh, employees of this company have to leave our families, despite what may be happening with them, to go and address the needs of the broader community. And, and there is, there is um, nothing quite like having your neighbors uh, in distress. That's completely different. There's nothing, there's nothing uh, conceptual about it. You get it. You get it right away. You're living it. And so um, that's a, that, that, the, the, that value, broadly speaking, is what I just communicated. But it can also be as simple as when you have a problem, you can get to a board member who can get to the CEO who can f- tell you fairly quickly what the issue is and how, how we get it resolved. And it can be something simple like, hey, uh, uh, do me a favor. Would you hang the Christmas lights downtown during the holiday season? Or, hey, we've got this uh, new baseball stadium coming in. Can you go over and talk to those guys? And you can immediately go and sit down with, uh, with the owners of a baseball stadium with a, or the new uh, development that's coming to town. Boom, you can have that conversation real time versus the, the, the uh, board or the, or the CEO being in some other community. And you have to get in line to have a conversation with them. Let me piggyback on that. You spoke about us, you know, hanging the downtown lights and supporting the baseball stadium. Uh, aside from providing the electric water wastewater services for the city for the county what other ways have we supported the city of Fayetteville that perhaps listeners do not know sure so uh i I mentioned uh, i'll do some of the simple ones during the holiday season we provide the lights uh when the dogwood festival we put out the the uh the, the vendors have to plug in someplace so we lay out for them to be able to have electricity for their uh for their events um if you come into Fayetteville and you see um, our attempt to improve the vegetation or the look and the feel, and if they need to have water for that vegetation, we 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 waive the fees for doing something like that. If there's uh, lighting out at the Welcome to Fayetteville sign, those are things that we that we do and don't charge the city. Uh, so those are the simple things. Um, then we pay a, we make a payment to the city, what George is called a pilot or a payment in lieu of taxes that runs about $11 million a year. We do that every year. Uh, all the street lights in the city, um, we pay for the citizens don't pay for that, uh, directly out of taxes. Uh, that's $3.9 million. And then we provide, um, uh, the, the, the city and the county fund the Economic Development Corporation, which is run by Robert Van Gians. Uh, we provide the city's payment in that particular activity. Um, at the time that uh, we changed the uh, the charter, we also agreed to uh, give to the city $1.2 million a year for five years, so $6 million over five years, <clears throat> which we've been doing, I think, the last payments this year or else is next year. I forget exactly. And then when COVID came along, uh, the city came and asked us to provide them with a relief payment, which we've done to the amount of a uh, million dollars. So uh, those are the those are the kind of um, clear and obvious financial things. 
but it I'd be remiss to not point out that uh, as it relates to a com- to the commitment to, to the city in terms of our employees volunteering and doing things, we're perennially one of the top uh, United Way contributors. Uh, so we've got a lot of spirit here that is focused on what's in the best interest of the city of Fayetteville. Now, everyone's always concerned about their rates, their rates, how much they're paying. People may not know we have some of the lowest rates in the state when it comes to electric and water. What are some of the decisions, uh, factors in order for us to be in that placement? Yeah, and I think what's really important, and I can't speak to where we stand at this very moment, but in my eight years on the board, for the majority of those eight years, our rates have been lower than Duke's. And and that's important because we buy our power from Duke. So we buy 100% of our power, with the exception of the solar farm, from Duke. But yet we've been able to deliver that that at a lower cost than they have. Uh, the, the, the decisions that go into that, uh, every year the board sits down with the senior leadership team and we look at our cash requirements in terms of new investment or the rehabilitation of our system and decide what sort of money we need in order to accomplish that. And then uh, based upon that, that need for the money, we then make a decision on how much of it can we borrow? How much of it do we need to fund directly in cash? Um, and so there's this, all these financial questions. Ultimately, what we attempt to do, is, and, and, and I might know have done successfully, is, is balance out the timing of the payment of, of new investments and rehabilitation against the fact that we recognize that we are in a community where a significant amount of the community is low wealth that are on fixed income. And so, you know, there's no way to do zero, obviously. Um, but we, we actively look at ways to spread out expenses, spread out costs, uh, while still being a good fiduciary, meaning that we're operating in what we perceive to be and what we believe is the best interest of the, of the city. Are my questions too long? Answers? Sorry. My answers? No, I'm really going to cut up this whole episode and okay. just use it as sound bites. Okay. Because you're, you're delivering. It's All very, right. very educational. Now, as a commissioner, but also as a, a community member, someone who's out speaking with our customers, speak to the high reliability or, or just the level of reliability when it comes to a storm response or if something should occur and there's an outage in the city. Yeah, well, I'll look at it on two on two two numbers. I'm going to give you some boring statistics uh, parameters initially, and then talk more broadly. Uh, if you look at the the statistics on on outages, and they look at how many outages and how long the outage is, those are the two criteria. We rank in the top percentile of all public utilities in the country as it relates to having one of the most reliable systems. So that speaks to the fact that those decisions about how we balance out rates and 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 the like. And by the way, you can have lower rates if you want lower reliability. Okay, so let's just understand that there is a trade-off between, hey, my bill is high, and hey, my electricity is not work is not running right now. How come it's not running? So you got to pay for for quality, and we believe that we've done it in an extremely responsible way uh, as it relates to storm response. And I can get a little emotional about about it because I don't remember which one of the hurricanes it was, Matthew or uh, Florence. But the entire senior leadership team and everyone else was in this building sleeping on cots 
uh, managing through that storm. This building was a moat. There was water all around it. Okay. People's vehicles were flooded in the parking lot. Okay. The commitment in storm response is exemplary. I mean, put us right there with the fire department and the police department and, uh, and the healthcare workers. We're right there. As a matter of fact, frequently, the fire department and the police department cannot go into a storm area until we get there because there are electric hot wires down on the ground and they don't have the expertise or the know-how. So we frequently are traveling with them in, in, in these uh, times of, uh, of crises. And so uh, it's really important to understand uh, the value that we bring to the community. Absolutely. I think storm response is something that until you see it, I don't even know that you can even comprehend that it happens. You just assume it's happening. It's almost as if PwC does it as such a good, well-oiled machine. It's just happening. And so we're really lucky to have yeah. such a response in our local and, community. And, and I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead. There are four electric utilities in this community. There's Duke, there's Lumbee River, and there's uh, South River, and there's us. Last time we had a significant storm, everybody in PwC is on, and the communication two-way communication with the community in terms of what was happening, when it was going to happen, how it was going to happen was spot on. And I was a Duke electric customer, a PwC water customer. I had no clue. Mm -hmm. So the differences are, are, are dramatic. And that again is a value of public power. Absolutely. Now this may be something where I just throw the ball up and get out of the way, but PwC has made a, a major impact when it comes to local business. Uh, one of the things that has been introduced to the to the community is the Building Business Rally, which has evolved into the Building Business Capacity Workshops, and it's been something that's continuing to ongo. Uh, talk about that initiative, and I, I believe you had a strong role in what it is today. Uh, well, I, I appreciate some praise. I want to start by uh, thanking. Uh, uh, Miss Evelyn Shaw, Commissioner Shaw, at the time that she was chair, and as she says, she 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 took a, a a moment of personal privilege to ask me if I would uh, lead an effort to focus on on uh, local business development. Uh, let me say that when I was appointed to the PwC board, the main thing that people came to me to complain about was they said it was PwC was too hard to do business with. We can't do business with PwC. It's too hard. This, that, the other. Blah 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 blah. Okay. So I came in the door looking for, okay, this most of the people are telling me. Now, I'm, I'm a finance guy. I'm not a procurement guy. I, 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 didn't, I don't know what it is. I don't know. But a couple of years after that, Ms. Shaw joined the board. She is a procurement person. And it was like a, a knife through hot butter. She knew exactly what the issues were, how the things should change, what should happen. And she said, I'd like you, Doris, well, to take this on as an initiative. And so it started out as a PwC-only uh, activity, and then we finally said, well, we knew that the city had, in effect, made it one of their strategic priorities to, to broaden local business activity that ac actually hired Kim Toons to be the focal point for that, and is what happened. We hired uh, Lexi to do that on our side. This is all as a result of a board decision. So again, when you ask, what does the board do? The board said, we want more local business activity and the CEO at the time, Dave Trago, said, I think I got a clear message here. We are going to figure out how to do more with local business. And so from, from there, we, we, that evolved into having uh, regular monthly meetings. We invited the city, the county, FSU, the school system, uh, Hope Mills, Spring Lake, 
uh, the county. Um, um, we invited everybody. FTC. We invited everybody. And we ultimately ended up with a, a group and we put on a, 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 a yearly rally where we would have all the pr procurement purchasing uh, um, officers from those companies come together in one place and people be able to come in and have conversations with them. And we got some good fruit out of that. From that, it has grown and evolved to how do we have more training classes? Uh, we had all the all the partners come in, the seeds and the um, Fayetteville Tech with their, with their, you know, everybody who could help the Small Business Administration, everybody who could help in terms of uh, people wanting to do business, we all came together and began to meet on a regular basis. Uh, that evolved into something called faybids.com, F-A-Y-B-I-D-S.com. You can go on faybids.com and you can, you can find the, per you can click and go to the purchasing department of every one of those areas, the city, the county, the school board, uh, PwC, you can click and go right there and say, okay, what is it that they're currently selling, or I want to apply to be a, a qualified vendor. All of that is right there. Plus, what's there is if you want to figure out how to get the seed or PTAC or any of those organizations, you can find that there. Plus, any training that's taking place in the community that's related to entrepreneurs or small business, you can find on that site. So, F A Y B Y B I D S dot com. I want to give. Uh, um, aside from the senior leadership, I want to give the folks in our our community development, uh, uh, Carolyn and her team, uh, which both of you guys are a part of, a lot of kudos because without that coordination and also our procurement partner Trent and his and you, it, it would not have pulled off. So all I did was uh, was uh, facilitate the meetings. Uh, uh, Dave Trago at the time, who was the CEO, because again everybody worked for him. So if he didn't say we're going to do this it wouldn't happen either of course then he'd have had a problem with us but that's a secondary issue i just want to understand the pecking order where we set a strategic direction the ceo got the message and put the troops to move in terms of making it happen and i think all of that effort really did help get the word out from all of the local government agencies we want to do more business locally but now that legacy of all that work is we're doing a disparity study. So the where the rubber meets the road is, do we have any disparity study? Can we do more business with local and minority-owned businesses? And then also we have the new legislation, SB 294, which will allow PwC, just like the city, to have a local program. So I think that's a tremendous ball that y'all started to roll that we're going to continue yep. and, and do you proud. Uh, I think it's, I think it's uh, a, a differentiator because the statistics and I'm, this is going to be ballpark, but for every dollar that gets spent in a in, with a company in the community, is five or six. It rotates five or six times. It might even be low, or five or six times, because the employees get paid from it. The company buys local uh, local uh, products and services. Homes are purchased. There's this multiplier effect, and that's how wealth gets created by keeping those dollars local. Well, you mentioned that uh, you're. you're reaching the the end of your tenure as the commissioner but we're not quite ready to let you go yet and i guess uh, as any great businessman i know you you look towards the future what are some things or perhaps some expectations you you have for pwc as we move forward yeah my expectation is that uh with the leadership of our new ceo elena ball that we're going to uh address in a proactive way the tremendous shifts that are 
occurring in the industry. Technology is allowing the customer to generate their own power through solar. Uh, they're allowing the customer to store that power with a battery. Um, and, the, and, and then there are your thermostat and the other devices in your home are becoming smart, whereby you can have a artificial intelligence that will manage your energy use in, in ways that we could ne have never envisioned in the past. The city, as we mentioned earlier, earns $11 million in a payment in lieu of taxes from PwC. That's because everybody in our system basically is, is, a, uh, is locked into buying energy from us. They don't really have another choice. But with the uh, advent of solar and battery and smart devices, and I'm talking about your home, but think about Goodyear, think about Walmart, think about the Veterans Administration, think about somebody large that can say, oh man, I, I can spend that money and save some money. So the dollars aren't quite there yet. We're, we're, we're going to see some mass trans, trans, uh, transition, but it's faster and sooner than we imagine. And so uh, we've got some initiatives in terms of having active conversations with our customers. Our Amazon has announced they're coming to town. Yeah. They're bringing something like 200 electric vehicles with us with them. So there's no there's no combustion engine in there. Okay, so so we have to be thinking proactively about what the implications are of our customers generating their own energy. That's something that I expect PwC to be a leader in. Wow. That's going to be such a new way of life. A new way of life. For some of us, for sure. Well, you, you won't be buying as much power from Duke. Mm -hmm. And we've got cost structures that presume that we're going to be buying that energy and that our customers are going to be buying that energy from us. And so you just have to make sure that your cost structure is right. There's going to be a ton of new jobs that didn't exist before. Absolutely. And there's going to be some jobs that currently exist that are going away. So um, uh, uh, our, our CEO is, is very, very clear about where the future is. Um, and I want the, the uh, staff to know to get on board because this is happening. And you can sit there and act like, no, I like the old way of doing things. Well, you'll be sitting there by yourself because um, just ask the auto industry or just ask Blockbuster who thought, hey, man, we're never doing this streaming stuff. I mean, think about how many people aren't connected, don't use cable TV anymore. They snip the wire. That's me. They snip the, that's the same wire that runs your electricity. You got to think about it the same way. They snip the wire. Think about your phone today. Do you pay per minute of time that you're on the phone or do you pay a flat fee? Flat fee. Flat fee. Why wouldn't you pay a flat fee for electricity? Right. Okay. So this is changing. This is happening. And and PwC, thanks to our, our, our leader, CEO, Elena Ball, sees it. And we're going to have to move proactively to, to re-envision the way this stuff works. Mr. Rogers, I greatly appreciate you taking the time and sit down and speak with us. I, I could ask you another hour worth of questions. Well, you can invite me back on some other future yeah. occasion if you want. That's fine. And that's that's what I wanted to hear, <laughs> that you won't be a stranger and that you feel comfortable yeah. to come back. Uh, I want to thank all our listeners for tuning in to this edition of PwC Connections. Hopefully you will have the opportunity to go back and listen to some other episodes. Please check us out on our social media. That's Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, 
all those FAYPWC, that's the handle, FAYPWC, as well as next door. You can get more great information about PWC on our website, FAYPWC.com. Mr. Rogers mentioned if you wanted to get some uh, a business resource hub, go to FAYBIDS.com. That's FAYBIDS.com. Tons of great resources there. Our YouTube channel has great content as well to help you with conservation and tips on how to kind of tinker around, fix things in your home. Lexi, thank you for joining me as my co-pilot in this. Thank you for having me. All right. This has been another edition of PWC Connections. We will catch you next time.